The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is sponsored by UnityVillage.org. Songwriter Karen Drucker returns to Unity Village with A Woman's Time Out Retreat, September 19th to 22nd. Learn more at UnityVillage.org forward slash events calendar. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and all of you intentional spirits out there and thank you for all the ways in which you are being conscious and making great choices and um, enlightening the world uh, with your wisdom and, and your energy. I'm excited today that we have um, someone that's just been doing that for many, many years. She's recognized all over the world. Um, Miriam Knight. She's the founder of New Consciousness Review and the host of NCR Radio. It's an award-winning show, which she interviews authors and filmmakers. Miriam, welcome to our show today, Intentional Spirit. And you have quite a rich uh, background. Well, I guess it's uh, all coming together in what I'm doing. Thank you so much for having me, Temple. Oh, it's, it's just really a, a, a pleasure. And you've been so dedicated to, you know, being part of the change that we wish to see in the world, that cliche that all of us use so often. Um, you're a former senior executive and energy healer. Uh, you're a co-founder of the Luminary Voices Speakers Bureau. And you also founded the New Consciousness Media Podcasting Network. When, when do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> when do you sleep? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I think you know the answer to that as well as I do. Yes, I do. Well, for the uh, benefit of our of our listeners, um, what within you called you to be an intentional spirit? What What is it that um, was there a... A moment in your life or, or something that you witnessed in your childhood or uh, have you always known that you would be someone that was dedicated to making a difference in the world? Far from it. I was a uh, very left-brained, uh, driven uh, executive of a multinational software company and uh, had, you know, many uh, jobs within industry and business. And it was only uh, when I had an experience, actually it was secondhand because it happened to my husband, that totally turned my world upside down, um, that I started looking into what is this all about? What is this spiritual thing that people are talking about? Uh, what happened was that uh, a dear friend of ours killed himself um, and then started trying to communicate to my husband. Uh, it had the effect of sort of blowing my husband open psychically, and he started being able to see things about people. Um, he had a friend who uh, he saw him in his mind at a crossroads between one road left led to a cemetery, the other road led to the hospital. And he knew instinctively that he had to tell this guy to go to a, a doctor. And when he did, uh, the doctor found that three of his coronary arteries were completely blocked and one was partially blocked. And he probably wow. would have been dead in days. 
So uh, this really got our attention, and we started reading things. I, I was in London at the time, and I went to uh, Watkins Bookstore, which is the sort of big esoteric bookstore uh, in in uh, in London, and they're a publisher as well. And uh, just started looking through the shelves, and and the first book I picked up was a channeled book by Lee Carroll. It was the first cryon book. And it it started to make sense because so many questions I had had growing up about spirituality and religion that didn't make sense, and I, I started rejecting it all. Suddenly, I got a bigger perspective of how, you know, of why we're here, of how our lives might make more sense, how uh, goodness and, and evil fit into the world. And uh, this set both me and my husband on a path of, of uh, exploration, and we both did a midlife shift. He left um, merchant banking, and he became a hypnotherapist. And I left, um, uh, at the time I was uh, in headhunting, and I became a, uh, an energy healer. And we moved to the States because we had um, met up with this group of wonderful healers in Portland, Oregon, and we thought this was just the most lovely place. And we picked up stakes and moved to America and haven't looked back. What a fascinating story. And you have just as fascinating a story, and and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to create this book, because when I came here, I started as a publisher of a print magazine, and then after seven years, I sold that, and I started New Consciousness Review. And I get so many books and films for review um, within the spiritual genre, and I saw these stories of awakening. There were so many different types of awakening and so many different ways that people expressed this awakening in their lives. And I thought it would be a wonderful um, thing to, to collect these stories. So what I did was I also had a radio sh- have a radio show, so I had interviewed many of these authors, so I already knew the backstory. So I selected a group that I thought were unassailably sensible, right? People with their feet on the ground who could not be accused of having delusions. Mm-hmm. People like doctors and lawyers and, and, and engineers and professors and military officers and CEOs of corporations. I mean, real, you know, solid people who had absolutely amazing experiences that totally changed their view of the nature of reality. That's what I wanted to capture in this book. And I, I love the uh, the title, What Wags the World. And, <laughs> and, and I, I, I love the premise in which you have, have built it because, um, you know, being metaphysical all my life, uh, long before I ever became affiliated with anything called New Thought or anything like that, um, I I was exposed early on to people that had worked in the government and um, that had, you know, there were high-end officers and things like that um, that could not be just dismissed by the world, you know, or, or the person that works in a health food store that, you know, does alternative practices but they don't look healthy, you know, that kind of thing, that people would just pass off. And I, I love what it, it says on your, on your website, learn, uh, whatwagstheworld.com. Learn why the world wags and what wags it. That's the only <laughs> thing which the mind can never fear or distrust and never dream of regretting. That's a, a very, very powerful statement. Well, you've, you've, you've created in this book 37, uh, of the credible people, which you were talking about, one whom I just, uh, honor and adore, and that's, uh, Suzanne Giesman, who has, is making huge changes, um, on the planet as <clears throat> the assistant to 
the highest ranking officer in the United States and then going through the changes she's gone through. But you've done a, a phenomenal job, um, Miriam. Um, and I, I say that not because I'm a publisher, <laughs> but, but because I, I interview a lot of authors, uh, and have for many years. And I love, I love what you've done and I love the way that you've put this together. Um, Tell us a little bit about some of the feedback that you get from people after after seeing all these amazing folks, uh, Dr. Bernie Siegel, uh, Frank DeMarco, um, Greg Braden, Foster Gamble, uh, Eva Herr. I mean, you picked some phenomenal Peter Russell. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think probably 20 years ago, uh, this book would have had a hard time um, getting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the climate has so changed. I mean, the fact that um, these people would come out and write books about um, having mystical experiences. I mean, Larry Dossey, medical doctor, Pim Van Lommel, medical doctor, Peter Russell, uh, academic, um, you know, physicist, they're they're putting their careers on the line, really, and making a conscious shift because they believe that getting this message out is more important. And um, as I, I interviewed these people, I asked them all the same three questions, right? What was the uh, event in your life that changed your view of the nature of reality? Um what insight did you get as a result, and how did that change your life? And then, what is your message to the reader? And the, the, the process of awakening, the tagline is Tales of Conscious Awakening. The process of awakening is so different for many people. You said yourself that you had always had this kind of spiritual outlook. There are people who have had intuitive abilities um, since they were children, since they could remember. But other people came to it as adults through, it could have been through a near-death experience, it could have been through a spontaneous awakening, um, like uh, uh, Howard Falco, uh, the near-death experiences like Anita Morjani or um, uh, David Bennett. David Bennett was a deep-sea diver who died in, in uh, a storm at sea with 20-foot waves. He drowned. And he somehow was rescued. Later, um, he had the sense that it was the Archangel Michael who actually pulled him back up and onto a ship. But um, when he was going through his near-death experience, you know, people like Raymond Moody have talked about the, the different stages of near-death experience, like going through the tunnel of light and seeing uh, loved ones or feeling this love, having a life review, um, having these feelings of, of unconditional love. So when David Bennett was on the other side, he had the life review, but what I found so fascinating was that he saw his life not only from his perspective, but from the perspective of everybody with whom he interacted. So all the people whom he had hurt, whom he had betrayed or angered or or damaged in some way, he felt their pain. So when he came back, that's what he used to change his life. He determined that he had to be different. He had to live his life differently. But what was, another thing that was interesting was that he, he was surrounded only by unconditional love. The only person who was critical of his own life was he himself. I thought that was so profound. That is very profound. And what I love is because there's such a wide range of people, like you said, that everybody is going to have some kind of awareness or epiphany or, you know, aha moment um, from just exploring other people's avenues because 
it it is so um, true what you're saying. Uh, we're all coming from different places and different stages. It's like, uh, you know, people say to me, you're so lucky that so early on you knew. And I like to say, yeah, if my parents had been part of a tribe and sent me to a mystery school, yeah, that would have been wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) But because I wasn't in a place that those were considered good qualities or uh, okay uh, with religiosity qualities, um, you know, a lot of mine got tucked back in until many years later in my life. That's a very common story. Very common, very common uh, people that, you know, close it off or, or shut it down or because it's too painful to have it, you know, those kind of things. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I was, wanted to read, uh, what Larry Dossie said, um, on the website, uh, during his first year of private medical practice, he experienced a dream that left him shaken and showed him the world worked in ways that he had not been taught. And within a week, he dreamed two more times about events that occurred the next day and that he could not possibly have known about ahead of time. And, you know, why had a cluster of uh, precognitive dreams erupted when he had never experienced them before? It's as if the world had decided to reveal a new side of itself, but reasons that he could not fathom. I don't don't know if you're aware of it or if you know that much about the... uh, the, the beginning days of unity, but that's exactly what happened to Charles Fillmore um, because Myrtle, his wife, uh, made claim to uh, being healed from tuberculosis. And he was uh, in real estate and and very scientific and somewhat questioned, you know, well, how could that be? And uh, I need a little bit. I need a little bit more proof, not necessarily related to her, but more so how you know, spirit could work in her life or the universe or whatever. And that's what started happening to him is he would take a a nap every afternoon and he started seeing all these real true transactions in his life in these dreams that then would become his reality two or three days later. So uh, it's just such a fascinating journey, isn't it? It is. And my hope for the book is that... Somewhere in these tales, people will see themselves. So, for example, when you said that you had um, these these inclinations as a child, but they were kind of squashed because of the environment in which you grew up, um, you were able to open up to them afterwards. But there are probably many people out there who still feel reticent to to uh, connect with that knowing in themselves. And my hope is that um, resonating with with a few stories in here will kind of give them a context for what they might have experienced in earlier years and give themselves permission to acknowledge it and to develop it and let it flower and open and connect with that sense of oneness and wonder that really is what it's all about. I have no doubt that that's what's happening now and and will continue to happen. I'm talking with Miriam Knight, and you could go to her website, whatwagstheworld.com, to read more about Miriam as well as just the amazing um, energy behind this book and different snippets from, you know, world-known people. I'm Temple Hayes, and you're listening to The Intentional Spirit. I want to thank all of you for your ongoing contribution and commitments to Unity Online Radio. We are truly a voice for an awakening world. And we'll be right back after this short break. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. 
have a coach in your corner, a life coach that is. Like a coach in sports, a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them. Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesdays at 3 p.m. for Vibrant Living on Unity Online Radio. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused, more meaningful, and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And thank you and welcome back, everyone. I'm talking with Miriam Knight. Today, we're talking about her book, What Wags the World, and all the various people that she interviewed for the book, the 37 credible people all over the world that have had epiphanies, aha moments, mystical experiences that are stories that both Miriam and I are very confident are stories within the book that you'll recognize as your own. Um, Miriam, when you're in the process of collecting these stories and asking the three questions to um, people like Larry Dossey and Dr. Bernie Siegel, etc., um, were there two or three of those stories that were really aha moments for you or you felt represent uh, the majority of the population of people? Not so much stories as themes, Temple. Okay. Um, one of the, uh, a couple of the themes are the importance of meditation, the importance of going into the silence and turning off the busyness of the world around you. That is the best way to connect um, to the, the, the source of your being, to your higher self, if you will, um, to the, crea- the spirit creator. Um, we all have intuitive abilities. It's our internal GPS. Now, sometimes we're just so busy and distracted that we don't listen to it, and we make mistakes. Sometimes we do listen to it, and we make mistakes, but then we realize afterwards that those mistakes were actually learning opportunities. So one of the... the messages I love from the book was from Irene Kendig. She said, there is no wrong way to do life. Everything that we do moves us along our path. It might just be a straighter line or a more zigzag line. That's a beautiful statement. That could go on a lot of people's uh, refrigerator and uh, and mirror. (laughs) There is no (laughs) wrong way to do life, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Um. Another thing is the role of love. Love has been so uh, overburdened with uh, kind of distracted meaning that we forget the real fundamental nature of love as being really the motive force of the universe. Uh, the, the nature of the creator is love. This is what the, this sort of consensus from the book uh, suggests. And um, one, of the, one of the messages that I particularly loved 
was from Anita Morjani, who had a near-death experience after dying in a coma in stage 4 lymphatic cancer. She realized while she was on the other side that the reason that she got cancer was that she did not love herself enough. And her message has been to urge people to um, accept themselves, not beat up on themselves, find the joy in everyday life, find the joy in whatever way you can. Um, Every morning, just ask yourself, what would make me happy? Because everybody on the planet deserves to be happy. Um, This is a message that has been uh, really reinforced by a number of medical doctors I've interviewed um, who deal with cancer. Bernie Siegel actually um, dealt with that uh, as well. And Bernie Siegel had a wonderful message that said, don't let others impose life on you. Let your heart make up your mind, not other people. When you make mommy and daddy happy doing what they want, you will lose your life. Live your authentic life and not want others impose on you. So the, that, those are kind of theme messages. Another theme coming from uh, the, the book is that when people wake up, they have a deep need to give back to the world. They choose um, ways to be of service to the greater good. Um, One of the people I interviewed recently who's not in the book, Adam Hall, wrote a book called Earthkeeper. He used to be a real estate developer, and now he calls himself a real estate undeveloper. So he's using the skills and the knowledge that he had as a real estate developer to protect land, to regenerate it instead of to despoil it. That is such a beautiful thing, isn't it? I, I've heard of him recently, too. I, um, he's doing some amazing things. Yes, yes. Um, he's got an organization called Earthkeeper. And and those of you that are, are, are listening in and you're hearing Miriam, you're thinking just like I do, God, she's like a, a library of information. <laughs> Gosh, where where does she get all this information? That um and I, I don't uh, make that statement as a as a light statement, it's it's a, a compliment. Um and I want to just make you aware that she has new consciousness review dot com, and so you can go to her website ncreview dot uh, com and and find a lot of this wisdom that she's talking about, uh, many writings, uh, lots of information. Her online magazine. Um, I'm just amazed at everything that you are able to accomplish and how you're able to stay in the know with the things going on around you, Miriam. Well, I read a lot, and um, I I probably get maybe 30 books a week uh, for review. And uh, obviously, I don't get to all of them. I... I, uh, I cherry-pick the ones that I want to invite onto my radio show, like you, Temple. And, oh, thank you. Uh, I do have a team of reviewers. So if anybody loves to read, wants to review, go to my website and send me an email. We'd love to have you join the reviewers team. You get to build your library, too. It's really powerful. How long has the book been out, What Wags the World? <clears throat> it came out at the end of September. So, November, December, three, five months, four months. Yeah. Five months. And um, we can purchase it right from the website, correct? Um, it just links through to Amazon. Uh, it's at Barnes & Noble. Or you can, it, I, I really urge people to order it through their local bookstore because your, particularly your metaphysical bookstore, will not be around much longer if you do not patronize it. Yeah, that's a, a definitely a very important thing, That that's for sure. Um, when you've been getting feedback from individuals that have read the book, did they 
give some insight of some of the stories and and how they've touched them. I mean, September is still kind of early. I know my book came out in November. So, I mean, some people are just now, you know, starting to read it. But have you been getting some great feedback from awakenings or people feeling like they've met a common friend uh, by way of your book through one of the (laughs) authors or contributors? Uh, yes, I, I certainly have. Uh, people really are resonating with with the book, and it's interesting how um, people resonate with different stories. So, um, somebody like Greg Braden, who didn't have a uh, you know a near death experience or a trauma, but he just had this sudden epiphany. He was on the top of Mount Sinai in the Sinai Desert, you know, where Moses got the Ten Commandments, at sunrise, and he had this overwhelming sense of wonder. And he asked himself, if I died in this moment, would I be satisfied with what I had accomplished in my life? And everything inside him screamed out, no. And so he went back. He had been working for Martin Marietta on nuclear weapons development, and he quit his job. And he shifted his path, and he started um, studying ancient wisdom traditions and being a bridge between science and spirituality. So that was his path. Everybody has to find their own path to awakening. It may just be being a more conscious parent, or it may be becoming an activist for some cause that you believe in. Everybody has their own way of expressing their sense of connection with something greater than themselves. But the, 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 the common denominator is that you come to it through love, through wanting to make things better, not through fear. Fear is a contraction. Love is an expansion. You know, one of the stories that comes to mind as you're talking is um, uh, growing up at a deep-rooted Southern Baptist, I, I didn't always um, enjoy the, the the song Amazing Grace, um, being wretched and lost, and, you know, because it I had had it spoken to me in a whole different frame of reference. But once I really discovered how the song truly came about uh, through this entire transformation of John Newton and having a... Uh, a crisis of being on a ship. He was a captain of a, of a slave ship. And through the storm, uh, it looked like their lives were in jeopardy. And after that, and the trauma of that, he sat down and wrote that song. And then he made changes in his life. You're Like you're talking about the Greg Braden kind of changes. So once I got that, I, that's now like one of my favorite songs <laughs> because it it has a it has real depth and meaning to me, and I I think that that's what your what your book represents is uh, the art of sacred storytelling and how people can learn and grow from the stories of others, uh, from tragedy to triumph, or being almost uh, awake to a true awakening. It's, it's really powerful. And I also um, emphasize that awakening is not a point in time. You know, it's not a switch. Um, in some cases, it can be a very dramatic event, but human beings always have this capacity to question themselves, to think, this is my imagination. I'm going crazy. I can't tell anybody they won't believe me. So we're, we're always needing reinforcement of this. And um, I, I also see um, our progress being very much in line with Barbara Marks Hubbard's um, conscious evolution. It, it goes around in a spiral, and each turn of the spiral, we get a broader perspective, and we see more elements and how more things in the world and in human nature and in, in, in the planet connect. And this is what I'm hoping, um, you know, for us as a species, that we get to that higher place, as Rumi said, out beyond all notions of right and wrong. There is a place, and I will meet you there. There's a field, I'll meet you there. That's the field I, I want us all to get to. 
I hold that with you. I, I, I really do. I, I just really, I believe in, um, in that possibility for sure. And when I hear people around me, even people practicing or, or claiming, um, you know, such enlightenment, just talking about how crazy the world is, um, that's not a space that I, that I choose to hold. I don't, I don't hold that our, our world is crazy. I, I hold that our, our world is awakening more and more all the time. I completely agree with you. I, I just see it in, in everyday life. I, and, and you know, sometimes you, it, it's like the, the, uh, the chaos before, um, the calm instead of the calm before the storm um, that you know when, it, when oh, and, and sometimes they call it the imaginal period like in a pupa as the the cells are rearranging themselves to emerge as a butterfly I think we're rearranging ourselves uh, to emerge into something higher and better um, and many of the people are seeing a future for humanity that includes uh, telepathic abilities, um, that includes uh, abilities to um, connect with um, whatever sources of inspiration we need to create the technologies that will um, save our, our environment, that will... Uh, enable us to feed the planet without having people go hungry. That's so true. And, you know, often when people are talking about the world, uh, you know, as being uh, crazy and is just getting worse and all those things, more often than not, it's it's not that they've even traveled throughout the world recently. They're just talking about the window of, of what they see on the news, which is a very small window of of life itself. <laughs> very small window. Very small and very skewed. Um, you know, it's skewed towards sensationalism. That's another really good argument for turning off the news and going into the silence because it just can create this overlay of stress on our lives that is very difficult to overcome. You know, to, to achieve that inner serenity that enables you to be creative and happy, you, you really do need to turn off. And in, in shamanism, um, when we, we talk about, actually, uh, it was Angelus Arian that offered that as a fourfold path, but that's been some of the most simplistic wisdom, um, in my life and, and what I do as a, as a leader or a speaker or a shaman or whatever is to look at the quadrants of the teacher, the visionary, the healer and the warrior. Because the medicine for the teacher archetype when um, we're in our shadow is silence. And mm-hmm. um, and what I love about that, um, and it was just life-changing for me because especially when you lead tribes, you know, whether you're a teacher in front of a classroom or, or you're doing a, a Reiki class or you're doing a workshop and you go, where is everybody? You know, 42 people told me they were going to come and seven people showed up or whatever. You know, it's those kind of things and, and that's the shadow of the teacher, um, controlling, self-righteous, um, those kind of things. Whereas the medicine being silenced, then the teacher is able to come back to a place that says, the right people are always here. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And all is well. <laughs> so that's been a true measurement for me when I get into that energy of like wanting to control, even though we know that's an illusion. Um, when I feel that coming on, it's like that's the best time in the world to say increase that, increase that meditation and get more silence. But 
I just find that there's so many great tools, and that was the reason I wanted to do this show, Miriam, is to offer tools to people that they would be able to have a, a greater life as an intentional spirit and realizing that it is our intention that keeps that forward movement using that GPS, which you referred to you referred to earlier. I love um, the website NC Review. And for those of you that are listening, um, whether you're looking for a greater awareness, more insight, uh, you want to look at just the brilliance of the magazine and all the contributors of it, you'll want to go there. And you can see exactly why Miriam and I are saying, no, our world isn't crazy. It's changing all the time for the better and becoming more awake. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for listening to us. Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today, as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being. With your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And for those of you that are new to our show, if you love hearing um, these thoughts and what I consider everyday common sense ideas and ideals for us, you can visit us at unitycampus.org. We are always offering material towards a life of greatness and um, a better awareness and connection or templehays.com, and you can find out more about my recent book, When Did You Die? Eight Steps to Stop Dying Every Day and Start Waking Up. Today I'm talking to Miriam Knight. She is the founder of New Consciousness Review, Perspectives on Life, the Universe, and Everything. She has <laughs> this tremendous online magazine. And for those of you that have been listening the entirety of the show, you know that she does. She's like so um, broad-minded, aware, and, and connected in doing great things on this planet. And her recent book, What Wags the World, uh, we are seeing that book uh, featured all over the world. Because just from what I've been able to read with it, 
it has such tremendous impact and great storytelling for all of us to step more into our our greater reality. Miriam, share um, share some stories from the book. I would love to, Temple. Um, as as I mentioned, there is just such a, a variety of them. So I'll give you a, a sampling. Um, J.D. Messenger was a uh, graduate of Annapolis, a nuclear submarine officer. He became an energy expert when he left the service. He worked for Exxon. He was the uh, guy responsible for the cleanup of the Exxon Valdez disaster. He went on to be a CEO of Ernst & Young in the Far East. And he had a near-death experience. Um, His back... um, his spine snapped, his neck broke, and he uh, was uh, paralyzed. He left his body. Um, he was changed when he came back. He had to lie in hospital uh, and then at home on his back in the silence for months. And I've spoken to other people um, who have had this experience of being um, in hospital in enforced silence for extended periods after accidents and there is something about that that really changes you uh tom shadiak the film producer who produced um most of the uh, jim carrey movies um he was on uh his back after uh, a motorcycle accident and he ended up selling everything he had um, selling the yacht and the and the the the, the, the mansion and the, this and the that, and he started doing good works. He's still a top rank movie producer. J D. Messenger uh, is now a teacher, um, and and um, he he was a radio host for a while. He wrote a book, or I should say, a book wrote itself called Eleven Days in May. Um, another gal, um, Jessica Maxwell, adventure writer, fisherwoman, um, a golfer, wrote uh, travels around the world for magazines, uh, was driving back from her father's funeral and saw in the sky, like a hologram, a picture of her father, her father's face in the sky. Mm-hmm. And she spoke to her sister a thousand miles away in Southern California, and her sister saw the same thing. This got her attention. Today, she's an energy healer and has written a book called Roll Around Heaven um, about how she um, made this kind of uh, through a thorn bush backwards conversion from total atheist to spiritual believer. Um, Paul Von Ward Absolutely fabulous man. Grew, born in a sharecropper's shack in Florida. Um, became a minister. Became disillusioned um, by the narrowness of religion. Went into the Navy um, and was a, became an officer. Uh, was um, kind of feeling oppressed by... Uh, the military life, and he ended up going into the foreign service. He became one of our top diplomats. Uh, again, in the foreign service, he was an independent thinker, and um, he uh, wrote a contributed a chapter uh, critiquing the State Department's management during the days of Kissinger, and was politely invited to leave the State Department and the foreign service. Well, perhaps not so politely. Anyway, (laughs) this is an independent thinker. And uh, he ended up writing books about ETs and about the the civilizations, the the science and reincarnation. Uh, We've Never Been Alone, A History of Extraterrestrial Intervention. Now, he hasn't told me, and I don't know whether he had any insights that he gleaned through his State Department connections. But here is a man who changed his perspective simply by the power of his curiosity, his intelligence, and his insatiable quest for knowledge. 
So these, these are different ways that people get these messages, uh, the, these, these impulses to awaken. And what does awakening mean? It simply means being aware of the world around you. Do not take at face value what you're fed by the media, what you're fed by institutions. Use that internal GPS. Does it feel like truth? Does it not feel like truth? You know, just open yourself to the possibility that we are not alone in the universe, that we are immortal beings, that we do not die. We simply change we tra- uh, change dimension, change our form. What we are at our core is consciousness. And we are, our bodies are brought together and coalesce around that little nucleus of consciousness that is our eternal being. And that's... Um to me, you know, if we think about sometimes the messages or our shows or our online, you know, magazines, um, it's it's like our intention is to be, um, I call it a validatorian, um, <laughs> in that uh, people feeling validated from being different or about being different. And to me, that's one of the the great benefits of, of this book that you have created, uh, What Wags the World, is you've given so many examples from people from so many different walks of life that are are showing that, like Eva Herr, for example, she went to bed one night as one person and woke up the next day, and now she's a medical intuitive and just going through life and picking up people's symptoms and, and things like that. And it, it can be that it is that quick uh, that your life can change. Sometimes I've had people come up to me and say, I've been going through these feelings of, of thinking about that I'm dying. And, and they'll ask me some you know, interesting question like, you know, should I be concerned? Um, and, and of course, I'm wanting to give you a, <laughs> you know, what I say in eight minutes and a, and a half a minute. So I will say more than likely you are, but not a physical death. You know, it does, we, we tend to think when we have this energy about we're dying, um, that we think of it as the answer of a physical body or not. And I said, you may explore a journal that perhaps you are dying so the real you can be born, you know, and live. Um, and often that happens to people, uh, a whole new direct. I mean, like the fascinating story of your husband um, and then how you were affected and impacted by that. It's just consciousness. It's just, I don't know, I just get so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Because miracles are happening. They are. Another thing that occurred to me when you were speaking was um, people who have a dark night of the soul, when Mm. their world seems to be crumbling around them and they just don't see any way out, they get to a kind of a point of surrender and say, I need help. You know, they, they, they turn to spirit, they turn to God, whatever is in their belief system, and they say, help me. And... That is when it seems to be that point of surrender that kind of triggers the universe into action, and um, help does come. Um, this is one of the, the the strong messages that came from this book that we are never alone. We always have guidance around us. We have help available for the asking, but we have to ask. We have to be open to it. We have to be open to the signs and synchronicities that come to us in our daily life to show us which path to take. That's what awakening is. It's being open and aware. In my it is. It has certainly been just a wonderful experience, uh, Miriam Knight, to talk with you today as a profound intentional spirit. 
I just want to remind everybody to go to What Wags the World and order this book. This is the kind of book that you want to give to friends and family members um, for special occasions and birthdays and find yourself conveniently leaving it on people's coffee table (laughs) because it has a way of getting through the door of awakening for so many people. And also, I know, like myself, um, you're you're at a place of wanting to know more. So, uh, join the brilliance of Miriam Knight on ncreview.com. That's New Consciousness Review. So, ncreview.com. Miriam, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today, and thank you again for everything that you're doing for for our world and for humanity. Oh, Temple, thank you so much, and back at you. And I, I look forward to, to speaking with you at greater length about your book. As I look forward to talking with you. Thanks so much. Many blessings to you. And Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Many people believe that happiness is an addition problem. If we can add what we want to our life, then we will be happy. In reality, happiness is a subtraction problem. It is learning to subtract all that has kept us from being happy. What thought, fear, or belief is keeping you from being happy? Let it go from your mind and watch how much happier you become. Let go of the past. Release regret and resentment, and you'll be free to move forward and create the life you deserve. This moment of inspiration was brought to you by Reverends Richard Mirage and Richard Rogers, hosts of Spiritual R&R. For more spiritual insight, join them every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. 
Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm. <laughs> 